Within a dark and empty castle lies the headquarters of the most sinister podcasters of all time, a legion on Zoom. <laughs> Welcome to our first Halloween episode. That was a horrible laugh. <laughs> that, was, that was terrible. That was, was. But I'm trying my best out here. This is our first Halloween episode, guys, and I'm Chez. And get ready for some really spooky conversation. Yes, hi everybody, and I'm Miguel. I'm excited for our first Halloween episode, and you're listening to this on Halloween. Although, if you're listening to this on Halloween, like, aren't you out doing something fun? Well, you can't, right? It's a pandemic. So all the more reason to be listening to us on today's Halloween. That's right, and I'm Rod. So get your hot cocoa, sit by the fireplace, and get ready (laughs) for some spooky stories. To be honest, I suggest (laughs) you just put us on loop for the entire day uh yeah and just play like instead of those spooky halloween tracks uh just put us on loop 24 hours yeah that's it's crazy because uh this year it's halloween's on a saturday right yeah yeah that's lit too bad <laughs> it should have been lit yeah like well but there's nothing really we can do right? like nothing really big celebration we can do or anything so it's like i guess it's lit well, I mean, considering the fact that we did not have a podcast a year ago, but we have one now, we kind of get to have a concentration of conversations, I guess. Ooh, that kind of rhymed. If that, like, we've never really had before, which is a straight up, all villains, all spooky, all bad guys, all the stuff that makes our skin crawl conversational episode. Guys. This is some pretty scary shit we're going to go through today. Probably even be traumatized by the end of the episode. We've never spoken about so much evil shit at once. People get ready. And has there ever has there ever been like a scary superhero movie? That hasn't I think New Mutants was billed as a horror comic book movie. Right. Word and I don't think any of us hasn't seen it. <laughs> no, no. But exactly, that was the idea, right? That it was like it's gonna, it was gonna t- kind of tap in into that horror element a little bit, uh, which I, I don't know. Review said sorta it did or did it? I don't know. But yeah, other than that, what what else would the would like the Blade ones count? Like the original one, like kind of adding the vampire, but it was still very kind of superhero ish, right? Like. Well, I mean, it would have been pretty cool if we would have been able to get the Morbius movie by now um, regarding the trailer I had mentioned in the last episode. Uh, mm. But yeah, that would have been pretty cool to have. But as far as like a scary superhero flick, aside from Blade, not really. Maybe, maybe I would classify it under that movie, but just with horrible execution. The Ghost Rider movies? I yeah, know. I was thinking Ghost Rider <laughs> or Venom, you know, a little bit. But not really scary, you know? Yeah, that's more of just like an action flick. Yeah, but, nah, not Venom. Like, can I guess Ghost Rider a little bit? <laughs> yeah, but they've never really... One really cool way that they should... Um, I think if they were able to give that a shot would be with Doctor Strange. They could get into some really dark shit. Yeah, there's like a whole aspect that people don't even think of him being like the Sorcerer Supreme that he would encounter a lot of dark and scary shit. 
word. Uh, and so although although we haven't had like a true horror film, you know, a, a good horror comic book based movie, right? But we we have had a, our fair share of some pretty epic and messed up villains in the movie. So I think as we have this villain focused episode, let's start to discuss, let's fucking establish it right now. So who are like the best movie villains? Like what's, who's, what, what do you guys have? What do you Before guys? we move on to that topic, you guys remember 30 Days of Night? That one could be classified as a comic book horror movie, right? Oh, yeah, because remember that was that like one? a graphic novel, right? Didn't yeah, I think have... it was a, a yeah, I think it was a, a comic book series. That I, I, I never think... read it. I remember the movie. Yeah, I think I saw the movie. It had um, Josh Hartnett in it, right? Yeah. Thirty oh. Days of Night, and and I see Miguel on the search right now as we speak, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a, a good. That might be the only one, like the only legitimate outside of New Mutants, and that one drops uh, on November seventeenth. Well, I mean, guys, we're bugging. I mean. Can we count? I mean, it's not a movie, but like The Walking Dead. It's a show. Pretty, pretty sure we were saying movies, though. Yeah, again, I, mean, but yeah I, mean, I know. He just yeah. had to say Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair enough. Because <laughs> now we could use it in a hashtag for the show. <laughs> we'll get to it. But yes, exactly. Oh, you're uh, right. I didn't know. Like, we had 30 Days of Night with a, was a three issue only. So short read. Oh, okay. Right? Perfect for Halloween horror comic miniseries by Steve Steve Niles and Ben Templesmith, which was published by IDW in yeah. 2002. Damn. And and also, what happened to Josh Hartnett? What happened to yeah. that guy? I think he died, right? Day. He died. <laughs> what? Whoa. I think Did he was he? even he was even Lord running for man. Bruce Wayne at some point too. He wanted oh. to be one of the Bruce Waynes. I don't remember which one he was up for. Damn. But yes, villains. Villains. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me see. Damn. Who wants to go first? I feel like I was getting suckered into going first. And so and so just to be sure, right? We're gonna say villains movies first, right? We're just focusing on movies. So chess, don't bring on any TV fucking comic book shit. No, we're talking about <laughs> movies. Let's stay stop on. flexing stop flexing your, your knowledge on us. All right. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. So like I said. I was getting tricked into going first. I'm sick of this shit. All right. Well, go I'm going to go first. Uh, best vi- I mean, shit. I mean, this is a no brainer for me. The only, the only villain that I can think of at the moment that has his own movie, right? The Joker. And the Joker is kind of like probably one of the scariest villains, especially, well, let's stick to the movies. Let me not jump off. Let me not be chess. Let's jump to the comic books. Key. That's a cop out, low key. He's <laughs> with the Joker as best villain. Like, come, come on, on. He, he might be the best villain of all time. I said, if anything, we could have given him like an honorable mention, like best, like you know what I mean. And you could have like picked, uh, but fine, fine, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So uh, the Joker, the antithesis of like probably also the greatest hero. That's probably why he's the best villain, and he has like this whole convoluted origin i mean not even convoluted it's just different origins throughout the multiverse uh you know he's a killer clown come on you can't get any more halloween than that that's yeah that's a good point that's a good point but that, <laughs> yeah. but that was a little bit like right you're right he got his own but so you're saying but so the, are we how specific are we getting so the, are you saying that the best comic book villain was joaquin phoenix's joker or is it just all the iterations of Joker? Throughout all the movies, I would say that. Including Leto. Yeah. Yeah. 
Damn, I, wait, I don't know why I agreed to that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, release the air cut. Nah. Yeah, I mean, we've had how many versions on the big screen? Four? And I think the... Um, God damn. Uh, what's the Adam West Joker? Cesar Romero's Joker? Yeah. He, they, that Batman film also had a theatrical release. So we've had five Jokers on the big screen. Okay. It's been Romero. So, there's been Nicholson. There's been Jared Leto. There's been Heath Ledger. And Joaquin um, Phoenix at number five. And, and Joaquin Phoenix, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and you guys know I'm going to lean Batman for everything I decide Fine. in my life. Like, you know. <laughs> fair enough, exactly. Fair Good to go. Fair I, I think, Chess, I think you, you got to go next. Fine. Uh, you know what? As far as movies go, best villain, I'd have to give it to. Damn, that's just a really hard one to pick out. Best movie villain? God. What villain was like the most, like, I want to say savage and least empathetic villain that we've seen in the movies thus far, like across the board? Because that's essentially the choice I want to make. Because I feel like <laughs> villains are ironically unsung heroes. I know how stupid that sounds. But damn. damn. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think what, like, just off of execution, I want to say Tom Hardy's Bane. I feel like he was thorough. He was, like, very well thought out. Like, it wasn't crazy. Like, it was cold and calculating. Like, I really enjoyed Tom Hardy's Bane. Really? So, yeah. I, on the contrary, thought that he wasn't really that fleshed out. And, and I didn't like that. About oh, no, no, no. Not his story fleshed out. I'm talking about, like, his execution as far as his plans. Like, him being a villain, it was efficient. You know what I mean? Like, like it was on point. It was thought out. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, I enjoyed how he was a villain. Oh, hell yeah, he wasn't fleshed out. I wanted way more story. All we got was that scene where he got his ass kicked in the jail. Word. I actually, that builds off of what I was going to say, actually, too. So I think we're all actually <laughs> in a Batman fucking theme. Because for me, I was thinking in terms of the movies. And I'm trying to focus on a specific version of a specific movie, no? Uh, and I was thinking in terms of the villains, and that would fit the kind of thing that we're talking about today for forever evil it, uh, i was thinking rosh al ghul from from fucking from the first batman uh you know batman begins uh, uh for me he because exact kind of for like what you were saying because he was a fucking efficient villain he was cold you know heartless he was ready to fucking destroy everything you know bring batman down and 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 i don't know i liked it i liked it obviously obviously the runner-up for me would have been heath ledger's joker but like rod kind of just selected all jokers <laughs> so can't say that okay just while we're at it though like anyone want to give a shot at the worst movie villain like can we all just try to agree on one or no i got it <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jigsaw from Punisher Warzone. Remember that? That that's it. I mean, it was like a like a comical off the top portrayal of him. Nah. Remember that? You guys ever Punisher Warzone with Jigsaw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah Dominic West of yeah. The Wire fame. That movie was hardcore. I do All like right. that movie though. All right. I'll say, pleasure. I'll see your Jigsaw. And I'll raise you one Tommy Lee Jones Two Face. Ugh. <laughs> oh, I damn! <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know what was worse, Emily Jones, Two Face, or Schwarzenegger's <laughs> Mr. Freeze. Like, I, Ooh. they're all Not, okay. Okay, I'll, come, I'll put it like this. Chill which, out. Which <laughs> villain? Which villain would you have enjoyed to see in another movie? Die. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> we got to see Two Face die, thankfully. I, I don't know. Batman man. killed him, right? They threw coins at him. <laughs> I smelled the comeback, yo, because um, I don't know, man. On the low, <laughs> yeah, but I'll say Tommy Lee Jones' two face is pretty bad. Actually, I'm gonna go and I'm, I'm I think for a worst villain, I would go off of something that Chez recently posted on our you should check our account. <laughs> Chez did a wonderful uh, uh, what's his name, Clancy Brown, appreciation yeah. post, right? I think one of the worst villains we've ever seen was the parallax and what was his real name also to the character, Hector Hammond. Yo, you took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> He was the worst one. Like he was, I don't yeah, know. Fair he's enough. he's fair all enough. like lame and like, I, I want to be like you, Hal Jordan. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like it's kind of shitty. And then the parallax design, I, I didn't love it. I didn't, I, he didn't look like parallax in the book. I, I, I remember <laughs> th- there was an issue in, uh, in the Jeff Johns run where Green Lantern has to make a deal with Hector Hammond. And he's like, all right, like, allow me entry into your mind for five minutes. And then he's like, how Jordan really needs his help? I don't remember why. And he's like, okay, cool. So then Hector Hammond goes in and then uh, he he lives in one of his uh, sexual memories with Carol Ferris. And then he's like all there like drooling in his chair, like jizzing and shit. You know, he's like a Modoc kind of character. <laughs> yeah. head. I'm like, yo, this character is so disturbing and sick. <laughs> And like sad too. Like it's like I don't know because you're right. Like it is like a Modoc kind of thing, but Modoc's at least like right. He's like a machine, right? And it's like I don't know. And it's like more weird, but not in that disturbing, sad side as like yeah. Hector. And I remember reading that comic book too. It was just weird. I would go as far as to say like that Modoc is like a Hector Hammond with confidence, if you think about it, because like that's kind of like the point, right? That's why he's like such a big adversary to how he's like. If you take away, I guess, even like all the all the gusto and like the will and like the lust for life and the confidence and the and even to some extent, like the hubris and the zeal, you'd get someone like Hector Hammond who would go as far as to just want five minutes. Like, you know what I mean? As where Modoc, he's like a bit more, I guess, upright, like he like he's more like aware of himself, you know, I guess that would be the difference. But yeah, damn, that's a pretty good choice. Damn. OK, fine. That's so we agreed. Nice. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, fine. It'll be Parallax because I wouldn't mind seeing just for the sheer joy of it. I wouldn't have mind seeing Tommy Lee Jones again as a kid in like another movie as Two-Face. But yeah, I wouldn't care to see Parallax again. Or at least not that iteration of Parallax. And I recently rewatched Green Lantern. I thought I didn't think Parallax was that bad. It was just him in conjunction with Hector Hammond that made it weird. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I felt weird saying Parallax was technically the Parallax part wasn't the worst part of it. It was the Hector part. Okay, fine. So you go Hector Hammond, which, you know what? I agree. All right. So let's step it down a notch to, I, I would go as far as to say even lower budgets, but bigger ambitions. Best TV villain. I got it. I'm ready to go for this one. This is actually, for Do me, it. I think it's a no-brainer. For me, my favorite fucking TV villain has been a freaking Kilgrave, Purple Man, from the Jessica Jones first season. I think I haven't seen, like, first of all, we got David Tennant, right? Like, playing him. 
masterfully. And I don't know. I think it was that was the first time we saw a villain, specifically also like in the MCU, that was like that fucked up, right? Like he like abused Jessica Jones, knowing and other women, and like would just use his power to manipulate people and like do all sorts of fucked up shit, you know. And and so by the end of the season, like you could feel Jessica's pain, which was more psychological, right? Like this emotional fucked up uh, 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 abuse that he had on her that pushes her to the end to fucking snap his neck, right? Um, yeah, for me, that was the best villain that I've seen in a show. Hmm. That's a really good... Yo, I w- Even as soon as you said it, I think I caught goosebumps because his villain was a slow burn, but it's like you felt them in the background the whole time. It was, yeah, it was, that was... Damn, that's a really good choice. That's a really good choice. Thank you, thank you. You can all just agree, and we can move on. <laughs> nah, you're not. You're talking. <laughs> nah, I think uh, for me, the best villain. I'm gonna go with the governor in The Walking Dead. Like right before The Walking Dead got bad, he was the best rival to to Rick, played by uh, David Morrissey. Um, I thought, and, and I, like, there's one season that ends with him like massacring a, a shit ton of like the people that live in his town or some shit, where he like mows them down with an automatic rifle. Uh, I thought he was devious, very well played, uh, and, and he he really made you like worry about like the the team, you know, the Walking Dead cast, the main characters. Um, I think in the whole span of that show, he was the the best villain that they had. I, I fell off like halfway through the Negan arc because he had multiple seasons. I don't remember if the governor had more than one. I probably, I think he did have more than one season. But yeah, I'm going to go with the governor. Damn, over over the uh, uh, Negan? Like you think the governor was more of a badass villain than... Oh, for sure. Because the Ooh. governor was the main villain at the height of that show. I, I, well, at least for me as a fan. Because then, you know, Negan came in killed a bunch of people and then a lot of a lot of fans fell off they didn't like that i thought it was all right but at that point the show was kind of dragging a little bit um and i don't even know if negan gets redeemed at some point in the show because i never i didn't keep watching but i know the governor never did right he was always an asshole till the very end good one nice and i can't believe that no one said this so like i have to it's so simple just the savagery, like you almost want to love him, but you can't, uh, is like, he's he's the perfect TV villain, in my opinion. It's like, wow. It's like, he deserves to be on the big screen. Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin. Bravo. Takes the cake for me. Takes the cake. Like, talk about, like, I joke around Jared Leto getting an Oscar nod. (laughs) Obviously, I'm joking, but come on. Like, I wouldn't be mad if this dude got an Oscar nod for actually playing the Kingpin. That's how well he did it. Wow. And like what you and what you said exactly. Like I do agree. I think out of all the villains on TV that we've seen, I think he's the one that deserves the most to be in a film. Though, like he, I was just, I would love to see him as a movie kingpin for real. Yeah, man. Like that. That would be amazing. Good lord. Like wow. It's 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 almost kind of like you wanted him to be like the the overreaching villain almost across all three shows and eventually well 
Is it more than three shows? Well, across all four shows. And then become like even the big villain in the Defenders. Like I wanted more D'Onofrio. It was like, it was great. It was great. At some point, you were watching Daredevil just to learn more about him. Like it wasn't even about Charlie Cox, like at a certain time, like because his story was that good. Not to say, you know, that I found the Charlie Cox performance lacking. It was amazing, but it's just that as a villain, D'Onofrio was that charming. He was that good. And even when he was at his worst, you were like, this guy is amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, w- I don't know if I'd say he was charming. I don't think he, he was charming. He was, he was a good, he was an interesting character, of course. And masterfully acted, masterfully, like, everything was great about it. Like I say, like what you said, I love how they went into deep into his history, his, you know, alluding yeah. to his childhood, like the fucked up stuff that he's grown up. And then just how messed up he was just how cold he was how like he was like ocd ish with some shit right like when he was like we walking into his closet right and like it's all just this one color and it, i just loved it just so so good and like and one of those moments when he actually shows emotion right because for the most part he's just very calm and collected and like, kind of creepily calm yeah and then when he fucking lets loose and gets angry and like oh my god like it wasn't the the last season right when he has this epic showdown with 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 uh, with charlie cox matt murdoch and yeah so good and i love the fact that they didn't skimp on um showing like the one thing that's i don't think it's an ability but it's just um part of his i guess his genetics because he's not really a mutant or is he just his raw strength, right? Like he's just a regular human or, or he's always been in some weird borderline because um, some of the best things I, um, things I remember from like the old school Spider-Man cartoon on Fox, um, when there would be those fight scenes between him and Spider-Man, he's massive doing cartwheels and shit. And then um, in the comics, he's been shown, you know, like to do some impressive feats. And then on the show, I think he's benching is either 315 or 405. Like it's like for reps. Like I love that in a subtle way, they didn't shy away from that. Like they wanted to show that he was human, but they knew that fans were going to be like, hey, this is a really powerful person. Which was great because when they showed it, they showed it. It was like, it's Matt, like, oh, yeah, best villain for sure. Best villain for sure. However, when it comes to the world of comics, which is what I consider to be the written Bible, or did Rod get a shot at picking one from the film? I just want to throw an honorable mention uh, to the Night King. I know it's not a comic book per se or whatever, but, you know, comic book, everybody loves Game of Thrones. And I feel like the threat of that character was yeah. the most palpable. I feel like, like when 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 he fought, well, one of those night creatures fought Jon Snow, and he had like the, the special steel blade. I, I don't remember the details, but those characters were menacing as fuck. And I love what you said exactly because then you said the threat of the character because I do think because at the same time I think he was one of my biggest letdowns too because when they winter finally arrived it was lame it was just like little to no confrontation and then like what was it Arya Stark right which I love Arya Stark she was dope but she kind of killed him pretty fucking easily like it was just kind of like I don't know but like Cause that was a letdown, but everything before, oh my god, that was like the dopest shit. And him just like being epic on his fucking horse, right? And even to the point when they got a dragon, right? Oh like- my god, yeah. 
Yeah, and visually, he was like one of the scariest characters. But I, you know, and I would say he is the scariest villain. But obviously, it's not oh. a comic book. But like in, I don't know. I don't think I've ever felt like a like a threat that way. Because because in Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones did something special, right? Anyone can die. That was established in season one. Versus Hard. a villain like Parallax, right? He's not gonna kill Hal Jordan on the big screen. We know this, right? Somewhere deep down, we know this. But with Game of Thrones, anything could happen. So this guy could kill any of the characters. And whoa, 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 whoa. Even though this is not on the same amount of production, but I thought that the pat I mean, even though we kind of knew how it was gonna turn out, I thought the um I was gonna say parallax, the anti-monitor from the CW crossover was pretty epic. Like I felt that. I thought that was really well done. Get out of here. Like, <laughs> they, they kind of ripped off a little bit of Game of Thrones with that character, right? But I was like, you're like this. Yeah, a little bit. Definitely. Like, but the scariest one? Come on. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, if, I, <laughs> if I'm walking down the street and I see the Night King coming, I'm like, I'm going to shit my pants, dude. And I'm probably not even going to run. I'm going to be too afraid to do anything. If I see the anti-manager from the CW approach, I'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with this person? Like, the weird thing on his... Because I think they also kind of ripped off Thanos a little bit with his look, you know? Because they had, like, a little the wrinkly part on his chin and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, Like an old ball sack, right? Yeah. The chin. Well, what I mean, I am referring to the acting because the actor for the Night King got a pretty easy fucking paycheck. There wasn't shit to do. I think at one point he might have he raised his arm above his head when he threw the spear at the dragon, but like what that's it? Like that other than that was just him like just walking around and sitting on a horse. Like at least like the like and it's just like you said, the build up for the Night King might be the best villain in TV history. <laughs> like the actual concept of the build up. But if you were to compare the acting of like the anti-monitor compared to the Night King. You have to give it to the guy that played the anti-monitor. <laughs> How's that for an argument? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I rest my case. I've never heard. I, I never thought we were going to say something about we were going to have the words, the good acting or like appreciate the acting and the Arrowverse in the same sentence. Like that's kind of, come on. The Arrowverse isn't known for. Savage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all things are relative. Like. To an extent, are they not? And yeah. we are epic, so we discuss epic things. We dive in, we discuss, we dissect. The best actor in the CW verse is Matt Ryan as John Constantine. <laughs> Constantine. John Constantine. <laughs> oh I wait, did... you know what? <laughs> like I was gonna say, that's a pretty big conversation. Best actor in the Arrowverse, but like I'll save that for another time. <laughs> because not best for right actors. Now. Yeah, we kind of had a similar conversation oh no biggest actors we did yeah 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 but like the like who did it best in the arrowverse damn that's that's pretty that's pretty big yo there's a lot of compa there's a lot of comparisons yeah right but we can't get into that right now i just do i do want to say shout out special because now that rod said about the scariest villain on tv that that that, that, that inspired me i want to go a little bit quickly back scariest villain in the movies i do want to have to fucking say it's Deadpool from X-Men Origins, uh, from like Wolverine Origins, because that was one of the most disgusting villains that I've ever seen. It was just gross. It was a horror to the character, to the history of the Marvel comic books. Disgusting. So that's my pick for. Yeah, like it was disrespectful to like 
reality itself. I get what you mean. <laughs> like, like it broke the fourth wall of shittiness. Like, yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> All right. Now let's take the worst of the worst from the most honorable place. The written Bible itself. Canon. The worst comic book villain. Woo. Good luck. Worst comic book villain. Can we start with best? Right, because like when you're saying worst, do you mean? Oh worst? no, no, no! Oh. no that, that, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, like, okay. Like, like the most savage, right? Yeah, most yeah, yeah, Ruthless, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. oh, like most, yeah. most Hitler-esque, yeah. you know, like just horrible. Yeah, I feel like throughout the episode, just because like we're picking like the worst, like the best of the worst, context is gonna be required from time to time. <laughs> Or the worst of the anyway. Yeah, exactly. Right, See? I, I, I'll go first. <laughs> I think that the the worst. No, I can't even say the worst villain. It sounds like you're saying that they're terrible at being a villain. Okay, all right. So, uh, the most savage the best, one. I'm gonna go with right, best. the best villain. Right. Yeah, right. The, the best, best villain for me. I'm gonna go with Superboy Prime uh, from Final. No, not Final Crisis. Uh, Infinite Crisis, and then he showed up later on, like in the Green Lantern books and stuff like that. I like him because he's a Superman, but he has the mind of a child, right? Because he's he's young. He's from, so for the fans, he's from Earth Prime. Earth Prime's supposed to be like the real world. And somehow this comic book geek, I don't remember how, but I think it's through the the, the anti-monitor or monitor, he comes into the DC universe. Or, or I think he uh, it's tied into Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he gets captured along with Golden Age Superman and Golden Age Lois. In an infinite crisis, they break free. You remember that these they broke free, and this was similar to what brought Jason Todd back to life. Um, right. Just quick correction. I don't think they were captured. I think weren't they kind of like saved when their universes died? Right. So they were, right, they, were right. li- they were living with the monitor or something like that, like in this separate void world. You know, but then for whatever reason, which I don't remember, right, then Superboy Prime wanted to join. And then he had good intentions at the beginning, right? I think to cre- recreate the multiverse and stuff like that. Weren't they like in a pocket dimension that was created by that um, Alexander Luthor that wears that golden yes, armor also, or some shit yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. That's like the good Lex Luthor of a yeah, Earth yeah. where he's the hero. Yeah. So, um Pretty much the Superboy Prime, you know, he comes into the comic book universe and he doesn't have like the lifelong training with the powers that Superman has. So everyone is paper thin to him. And, and he goes on like a killing rampage at some point. Also, bear in mind that he grew up reading stories about the characters that he now lives with. So he has no sanctity for their lives. So when he becomes a villain, he's just unstoppable, right? Because he doesn't have the morality. He's not, you know... He's not hinged by anything. Uh, and it took like everything for the Green Lanterns to take him down. Uh, in uh, in that arc, the I think that's after the Sinestro War. No, actually, that's during the Sinestro War, right? Because he becomes a Yellow Lantern at that point, too. So, yeah, Superboy Prime. Mm, damn, that's a really specific choice. And a, crazy a really one good one. Yeah, it's a good yeah, because I remember reading through i believe it was infinite crisis and all that stuff or um like and just reading the panels with him like when he was breaking reality and stuff like that and when he was actually facing people and i believe like when he broke out of oa where he had that cell with all the lanterns around them and like the sun eater like like those were those panels were like you felt like 
something big and bad was actually happening. Like, oh shit. Like you felt, you know, like a surge of excitement as you turned the pages. Yeah. That's a really good choice for Superboy Prime. Yeah. Solid stuff. Damn. And also his suit is pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah, and especially I think the suit got better. Like I think you know, as he got freaking more villainish. And I think what I loved about Superboy Prime too was like how they like they noticed they had gold in this villain, right? And then just found ways to bring him back in the stories. And him being included in the Green Lantern stories were for me like some of the dopest shit. And because exactly because like what you said, because it's like it's like it's kind of like that old school story where like what if superman was evil right and it's yeah but done differently done very well where he's like fuck like super like i'm afraid about him you know he's really dangerous very temperamental right and he's and like even the green lanterns he just shreds them up like i i think that what makes like a scary villain is how real their threat is right and i think his body count was wild and I'm torn, essentially, on my choice. Uh, I, okay, so I have a mental argument in my head. So I'll just tell you guys who I'm fighting between, and then I'm going to throw and pass the buck and responsibility onto Miguel before I go. Uh, let me see. So I'm stuck between Vandal Savage and Lex Luthor. All right, Miguel, go ahead. I'm still choosing. Damn, he's like left it like that for us to ponder. Yeah. Damn. All right, that's damn. The, this is good stuff, man. You see what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> no, because it's like it's, I don't want to pick just like who's my favorite villain, right? You know, because that 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 varies. And because for this, I do want to think about it like who's been the most evil? Like who's like fuck? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who really really captures that? And I'm actually stuck a little bit among three, maybe really two villains. I guess I, I guess I'll share it. I, I guess I'll share. So first, first, I'm thinking one of the villains that I'm I, I, for me is like one of the biggest is and I've been I've been as you guys may know, I've been like really enjoying some Daredevil runs like I've been like going through since 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 the Brian Michael Bendis run. I've been reading all the way up to where we're at now um, and such good stuff, man. And for me, I don't know. One of the best villains has for me has been Bullseye from from Ooh. just because he is evil like he's just evil and like besides just being a gun for hire and kills whoever he wants to because he's getting paid he also really has it out for matt murdoch and has gone out of his way to torture him right to really really fuck with him you know like he you know he killed electra right he killed um uh uh how did i forget her name uh what's what's the his like the main love of his life how did i forget Karen Page. Karen Page. Ah, see, I, like it was just, I, I couldn't even relive that moment. Like he killed her. But and what's like, his motivation to like fuck with Matt Murdock so much? Like, like everyone knows who Bullseye is, and usually we know what like a villain's motivations are. But I feel like when it comes to Bullseye, people are like a little lost on his obsession with Matt Murdock. That's is it cause, why. Is it because like he caught something he threw? Like. It's that's the beauty of it because Bullseye just wants to fuck with him to fuck oh, with him because, oh, wow. because because Daredevil beat his ass basically and has proven to be the better fighter, smarter than Bullseye. And so Bullseye's are like, oh fuck that. I don't like that. I'm gonna just fucking torture you because it's fun and I wanna prove that I can do it. And it's like that level of just like sick 
ness of that man like and there's been so many things back and forth it got to the point where daredevil almost killed him and then you know while he was like recovering he like basically kind of trained this lady bullseye to then fuck with him and had this very mental uh uh, uh attack on a psychological attack on daredevil like oh my god like i don't know like bullseye because i want to see like a good bullseye like that on the tv you know because actually you know in movies right because the one we got in the movies by um who's playing penguin now colin farrell well it was a little saney like i didn't love it but for example the the bullseye we were getting in the in the in the tv show right we were starting to get that you know that you can tell he's sick you know he's got these issues but he's so deadly and like he's willing to do anything it takes like I don't know. For me, that could be one of my top villains. I think that that could probably be right. my other one that I had. You know, I was actually thinking the other one was Ozymandias. Ooh, because he's actually like the villain who did it, right? Yeah. <laughs> he also accomplished yeah. it. Like he good just pick. Like, good pick. He is indeed like amongst, I guess, amongst all villains. He's the golden child. Like, I, I'll never forget one of my favorite comic book panels in fucking comic book history is that one. Uh, like, I think it's, this is the last issue in, in, in Watchmen, right? Where he's, like, telling, like, typical villain, you know, you know that he's doing his, 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 his tirade about, like, you know, revealing his plan and everything he's doing. And, like, who is it? Owlman is it was his name? I don't forget. Like, he tells him, yeah. like, why are you telling me your plan? We're going to be able to stop you. And he's like, like a badass. Like it's never done the cup. He's like, why would you think I tell you my plan before I do it? He's like, I did this like 15 minutes ago. And then like cut to the scene of like the fucking monster already exploded in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You know, like I love that. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like it's kind of like he's had an answer for that answer. I guess that a villain always should have had. It's just like you said, he has like, why would you tell us the plan before? Bef like, if we're going to be able to stop you, why would you think I would tell you if I knew you'd be able to stop me? Like, <laughs> right, right, like, right, right. like, that's the answer every villain should have always had. And like, like damn, Alan Moore, you crazy Good pick. Bastard. You Good crazy pick. bastard. Well, yeah. Damn, that is valid. Wow. Wow. And also, it's good to shine a light on, I guess, he would be one of the ultimate villains. Or hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once again, Alan Moore, you crazy bastard. Dang. <laughs> and it, it ties into it ties into Forever Evil because Ozymandias is kind of like uh, like Sluthor or vice versa. Well, I guess you know, like Sluthor came out first, but Ozymandias was untethered by continuity of millions of comic books before, and Alan Moore just just destroyed that storyline. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, comic book story of all time, even though Alan Moore disavows everything now, even himself. He's <laughs> like, my own work sucks. Fuck that comic book. I never should have written it. Shout out to the the movie though, that Adrian Veidt from the movie. Yeah. The guy was crisp. So wavy. <laughs> I, I mean, at this point, we've only had what? Um, only two iterations of a live action as a Mandy's, right? And I mean, come on, like it's an easy contest. Which version is better? Oh, I don't Jeremy. know. Oh, Jeremy Irons, come on. Yeah, Yo, I don't know. That, that wavy one from the movie? <laughs> walking Bru into Studio 54 with the God, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the swaggers too. I don't know. We nah, like we nah, like nah, Jeremy nah, nah, Irons nah. here at the LOZ. I mean, I mean, I love him as an actor, but that iteration of Ozymandias is too wavy. Like you can't deny 
the the supreme waviness of that iteration of Ozymandias. It was too on point. Like, like even though you knew he was the villain, you loved him. You loved him. You enjoyed the shit out of the performance. It was so great. Sh- shout out to Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Word, word. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. I'm not shouting nothing out for that. <laughs> yeah, that movie was a film. She was a masterpiece. And she was a commentary on the soul of the human condition. Jesus Christ. No, no, no. All right. Stop, stop trying to distract us, Chez. Uh, uh, so you, Damn you it. tell us. Come on. Come on. Who was it? Lex or Vandal Savage? What's up? What's good? <sighs> I'll have to say, and it'll have to be Lex, simply based on the fact that I think Vandal Savage's immortality would allow him to be disconnected from humanity. I put some thought into that. And for those of you who don't know, um, check out the animated feature Suicide Squad Hell to Pay. Vandal Savage was a caveman from like before all history began, you know, like as you could imagine back in like the cave days of cave people and whatnot, um, that came in contact with an alien meteor that crash landed to Earth, was given um, immortality, um, total invulnerability, I guess, to an extent. And he's always been this like background, bit of a puppeteer, dark operator throughout like the DC universe. And he just has blatant, straight up immortality. So he's always been around. He always is around. And he's responsible for a lot of crazy shit. Um, and his his background story has always been fascinating to me. But I think I would have to go with Lex just based on the fact that since he's a human, he knows the woes of humanity. And once again, I think I said this, I believe, two episodes ago. Yeah, I think so. Where, where I was saying, like, yeah, it's nuts. The fact that he can help humanity so much. And instead, he's out here making fucking Gundam suits, trying to make a kryptonite bullet and shit, like, and all types of fucking crazy nonsense. Even go as far, yeah, yeah. Like, even fucking going as far as, like, to work with fucking Darkseid. Like, bro. Why don't you try to beat Superman by being better than him, which is so easily to do? I mean, easy to do. That has been wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 what the fuck? Like, yo, it's so easy. Like, it irks me so much that in his brilliance, he doesn't see the simple thing. Okay, you got Superman just saving lives. He's not out here fucking just getting rid of all world hunger, which you can definitely do with LexCorp. He's not out here curing diseases. Like, he's a hero, but Lex can be a messiah to an extent. He doesn't. And what I love, too, there's been so many different iterations of Lex Luthor in the comic books, right? Like, I'm not incredibly well-versed in Superman books, but I've been reading lately uh, over the last few years uh, more and more. And, like, there's so many different versions, right? Because, for example, I personally really liked the, I think it was a New 52 or mostly on the Rebirth side where like he was like a good guy, sort of, right? Where they kind of like erase some of the past like crazy evilness and he was somewhere in between and 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 and, and I'd like that, right? Because I also felt like, you know, like you were saying, he was that in the middle ground, right? Like I think at any moment now he's going to do something yeah. fucked up, right? But then you had like, for example, from All-Star Superman, right? From the Grant Morrison run with Frank Quietly that, that was just like that, you know, classic, like that, that Gene Hackman, uh, uh, Lex Luthor, right? From the movies, like just exaggerated, right? Like his pure mission was to kill Superman and like very like cartoonistic, but so cool though, still so cool. So like there's these different versions and not to get into it too much then, because we, we should talk about this in some other episode. Then there's the Lex Luthor from the 
recent Justice League run, which was written by Scott Snyder, which we've talked about Scott Snyder here before. We love Scott Snyder. He's a great, he was an incredible Batman writer. Not a very good Justice League writer, I felt. And <laughs> and the Lex Luthor in that story, because then it became like the, the this whole thing about Doom and like, it was just a hot mess. And I hate that Lex Luthor. He was just a cartoony not in a good way, cartoony Lex Luthor, just ridiculous and all about doom. Like every other word, like every other sentence included the word doom in it for real. I was like, I, yeah, yes, we know, we know. Okay, stop it. It was dumb. But Lex Luthor is a good pick. <laughs> and hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. How come all that use of the word doom is crappy when fucking he does it, but then it's, but then it's okay when Dr. Doom does it? Because he kind of does that shit too. Well, now it's different because Dr. Doom is re- referencing himself though. Yeah, because he's speaking in third person, so it's a little weird, but it's 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 in a in a different way. In like, but, but like, he, but he also does the same thing as Batman and slaps it on top of mad shit. Like, come on, like the Doom bots, the Doom this, the Doom that, and I am Doom. <laughs> no, which is I'm fine with that. Like, you got it's, it's, <laughs> it's all about branding, man. You got to brand, man. <laughs> but like this Lex Luthor was all about like the mission and philosophy of Doom. Okay. Uh, kept saying, Fair no, enough. humanity wants Doom, and remember, we're going towards doom and like doom will prevail like shut the fuck up dude entropy <laughs> yeah like what does that even mean like- <laughs> yo for yeah and i'm glad you mentioned um grant morrison's all-star superman because that is my favorite rendition of lex luther across all mediums damn your favorite one all right that was a very all right good pick so lex luther i do think we agree he's one of the best you know villains out there for sure and there's all these different iterations speaking of different iterations we've seen some pretty crappy ones on the screen you know uh uh in in the on the big screen on the small screen not so much because john crier's lex luther on supergirl is for me one of the best lex luthers that we've ever seen but that begs the question Ugh. Oh, why? You didn't I hated like that Lex Luthor. Oh my what, god. From Supergirl? Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I don't know why. Like I found this act like I didn't find him that far off from the one that this dude played in Snyder's movie, just bald. I felt like it was that Lex down the road. What? Not at all. Cause he was like smart and evil planning and scheming and wonderful like that. I don't know. His voice, but like I want my Lex with more testosterone. I, want him, I didn't think this Lex was like, ah, like I didn't feel his presence. I felt annoyed. I, I didn't like it, but yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, all right, whatever. Well, since you were annoyed, we want to know who would we cast now as a Lex Luthor? Who would be the best person? He's still, listen, man, he's still out there. Billy fucking Zane. <laughs> That's right. He's still out there in the streets being Zane and epic Billy Zane for Lex Luthor. That would essentially be like the live action version of the Clancy Brown Lex Luthor. I think it would be Billy Zane. Word. (laughs) Yeah, and we've had a few Lex Luthors, right? Gene Hackman, Kevin Spacey, uh, Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, his name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's three. I forgot about Spacey. John Cryer, the show. We had whatever the, whatever the Lois and Clark one guy was. I don't remember his name. And the small bill. Never knew his name. Oh, yes. Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, Rosenbaum. Yo, yeah. how can we forget? All right. Yeah, that, that would probably be my favorite live action Lex Luthor. I, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. I think it'd be Rosenbaum. But yeah, for a fan casting, Billy Zane. 
from my fan casting. You don't know? All right, I think I, I know. Oh, no, wait. Also, by the way, an honorable mention. Wasn't the Phantom a comic book movie? Yes. Yes. Honorable mention to the Phantom out there in the streets in a Billy purple bodysuit. Billy Zane, shout out. Deep cut. So I was thinking for my Lex Luthor fan cast, I'm, I'm going to do like a little cheating here, actually, I, I, honestly, and take advantage of like uh, what's kind of already been casted. So I would love to see a live action Lex Luthor played by Giancarlo Esposito, the, you know, the, 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 the CEO of Bot Industries from The Boys and who actually Ooh. plays uh, 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 Lex Luthor in the Harley Quinn uh, animated series. So honestly, I could see him being ruthless, cunning, you know, incredibly smart, and maybe can be a little, a little on him, you know, off hinge like that. Like, cause like how we saw him in, uh, um, uh, breaking bad, you know, like, uh, like nah. I think he would be a fantastic Lex Luthor on screen and great pick. And to be honest, him playing the CEO of Vought, that's already him playing Lex Luthor. It's just cut and paste into a different storyline. Dude, yeah, man. That's how perfect he did. That's how good of a job he did on that role. Like the only difference is like for in Vought, in C, in, as the CEO of Vought, like in The Voice, he's all about like he just wants to make money, right? That's He, he doesn't care about the expense of people's lives. And then the only thing you just got to do is you, instead of he wants to make money, he wants to kill Superman, kill Superman. right? Like you just got to take Same that tone. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's damn. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. What about you? I'm going to go with one that was thrown out by the fans, you know, a lot of years ago because of his portrayal uh, in Breaking Bad. I'm going to go with Brian Cranston as the as Lex Luthor. Mm. Only because he, he showed that he's he can be calculating and devious. And he's I an can actor. see that, you know, he's like an actor's actor. He crushed that show. He carried it on his shoulders. I think that would be a good pick. But I really I'm in love with Miguel's pick, though. I like I like that one. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we all agree that the best choice is Billy Zane. Okay, moving forward. <laughs> all right, fine. Fair. You know what? Fine, I'll agree. I'll go Cranston just because that would be the most feasible one. We don't know where the fuck Billy Zane is. But you agree with Cranston, but like Rod was agreeing with me with Giancarlo, so you have to be contrarian. Like you're like, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't Christ. like you. I do not like you. But I love you. What? Listen, I do love you, but that doesn't mean I have to like you. <laughs> good point fair enough <laughs> i want to take a quick back step because you know we had this this is like 20 minutes ago conversation but because it's a halloween themed episode uh about the worst and by that i mean terrible and not again we gotta make distinctions on how we're using these words when it comes to villain but yeah. that that dracula guy from blade trinity that was a shitty one too oh yeah that was that's, that's a dude that's a dude that came back and played heat wave in the cw verse I remember that shit. Oh, he, really? I don't remember. And mind you, I get I get annoyed by his role as Heatwave, but for some reason they find a, like they keep him around. I don't know, but okay. I like him as Heatwave. I feel like you know the CW was like a, a, a place for yeah. like, for a lot of characters. And you got yep. Brandon Routh. Fair enough. Chess, you've been hating on the CW man these last few episodes. <laughs> oddly up? enough, oddly enough, I love what they did with Brandon Routh. I love what they did with Brandon Routh. They did such a good job with his redemption as the Adam. Oh, my God. It's like a shitty Iron Man, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, that was all right. Yeah, but he <laughs> was good. I love him and Captain Cold. Like, I don't know, dude. Like, oh, and I, I enjoyed Captain Cold. I just wasn't a fan of Heat Wave. Mm. I have my thoughts. I have my emotions and feelings. Jeez. 
Yeah, but but good 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 call, Rod. That was another shitty fucking villain. <laughs> but now, one that we're all thinking about, because it's gonna come up eventually. And I mean, I have the theory that with enough money and like enough like maybe they'll try to make it work of putting just Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in with Battinson. But who would be his Joker if they don't go that route? Any Damn. speculation? Oh yes. man, I. T- that's a tough one, right? Because as we know, like with Heath Ledger, any actor can just step into a role and own it, right? They don't have to necessarily look like them or have had previous roles that, you know, would lead them to be that character. Uh, I'm going to go with Willem Dafoe as mm. the Joker, only because I think it's long overdue. Ooh. And, and I, I, don't want, I don't want to rehash, obviously, his Green Goblin, but there might be some overlap. Uh, but yeah. Just because Willem Dafoe is is Willem Dafoe. And I think it's in his name. It's in his goddamn last name. He's Dafoe. <laughs> the Dafoe. <laughs> you know what? I think he'd be able to do it if given the chance, man. I have faith. He's old enough now to where like it would look creepy with like the right makeup. Give me fucking Jim Carrey as the Joker. Oh. Nah, the fuck. <laughs> you hating. <laughs> Damn. Nah, like he's I don't know. He's 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 a good actor for sure. I don't I don't, I don't see him as as the Joker. I don't I, see I, him I, as the Joker. Did anybody <laughs> see uh Sonic? I know he was Dr. Robotnik. I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see I, it. I, I, I want to see it. I want to see it, but I've heard good things, oddly enough. Yeah, actually, it looks crazy yeah. as hell, but I haven't heard anything bad about it. I actually want to see it. But yeah, I would take I would take a Jim Carrey now, not Jim Carrey when he did the Riddler. I'll take him carried now as the Joker. Because I think now he's beyond all that zany shit. I think now he would understand how, like, there's been enough renditions of the Joker that now he would understand how to play it. As opposed to if he would have done it back then, he would have tried his own, you know, Jim Carrey at his peak and try to go too zany with it. But I think Jim Carrey now would be an amazing choice for the Joker. Whatever. Man. <laughs> hey, you've been lukewarm about a lot of Chess's yeah, picks today. Word, yo. There's this hate going back and forth. I feel invalidated. <laughs> Good. The mission accomplished. Then. No, 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 no. Episode. No, 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 no. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the Jim Carrey idea, but I would be down to see him just because we we allowed him to try to be the Riddler, and you know that wasn't terrible, but it wasn't really like I don't know, like the best, but. But I like the Willem Dafoe as as Joker. I like that. That's that's a tough one to to, to and it's because I've seen we've seen all those you know already fan made you know pictures you know of him as the Joker, and you're like that's fucking perfect. <laughs> like that just looks like it. But I just thought right now for a second, I thought like I, I decided to go maybe like a little bit of a deep cut if it if that's to be considered one. I, I thought somebody that I think could pull off. Um, maybe like a more traditional comic book version of the Joker. I'm thinking, I'm thinking it could be Christoph Waltz, best known for his role as a main villain in Inglorious Bastards. Nice, and Damn. he's got this just like sinister quality to him that just, um, you know, just it's just I don't know. I think he'd be he'd be great. I think he could pull it off. Mm. Nice. Yeah, good pick. Word. and for some reason that kind of inspired okay how about this might sound weird but given the opportunity hear me out john malkovich 
Oh, yes. Mm. Mm, yeah, put thought into that for a second. My only thing is just like, I don't know how he would look with a wig, right? Because he's bald, no? And Dude, it's, 20, it's 2020. <laughs> I know, like, right? Like, like we got Thanos, fuck? right? We got Thanos. Yeah, like, big ass purple man with like a, with like a ball sack on his chin. And, and, I, for, and John Malkovich with a wig. I'm like, I don't know. We can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not even that. Not even Thanos. Fucking um, Dax, dude. Batista. Like, that's not CGI. This man, go, like, he's one of the people in the MCU who's earned every penny because, yo, the other actors, they go in their suits. This guy has to stand through that shit for so long. Yeah. And Nebula, Fuck. too. Yeah, her, too. Like, but his shit is, like, because hers is kind of like a paint job. His shit is, like, full body prosthetics on the upper. Like, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, the, hell yeah. Hell yeah, they can pull it off. Now he just takes time to prepare for the role. I would oh. think that John Malkovich would give us an amazing Joker. Guys, I just have a fucking crazy idea. What? What if for within the Pattinson Pattinson universe they do the three Jokers, and Damn. we get Willem Dafoe, Christoph Waltz, and John Malkovich all as Jokers in this fucking three Joker universe kind of shit? Damn. What's up? See, yo, yo like. Why we're not hired as consultants for projects? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why we have to stand by and the people who don't know shit about shit run shit. HBO Max, Warner Bros. What's up? Legion on Zoom at gmail.com. Just hit us up, guys. Just hit us up. We got ideas. We'll negotiate. We'll start at a mill a piece. You know what I mean? Like, we'll take it from there. We'll take it from there. We're open to negotiations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking about Willem Dafoe, right? And yeah. one of the villains that he made really popular was Norman Osborn. And, you know, we're going to get a new one. Do you guys have yes. any thoughts on who you'd like to see play that role? Damn, and that's a good one, too, because it's crazy how that Spider-Man game that we recently got by Insomniac was so good that I'm just trying to think how to cast that Norman Osborn. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even thinking about, like, the one from the cartoon or the ones from the comics. In my head, I'm trying to cast that Norman Osborn. And in that Norman Osborn, I wish I could pull the Gene Hackman Superman and just put a wig on him. That would be that Norman Osborn, I think. And honestly, actually, what I was thinking, and then Rod said this, it must have, might have been the last episode, though. The, no, not the last, but, like, I think it was the comedian episode, where, where you were mentioning how Willem Dafoe would be cool to have him come back. Or it was a DLC episode. I don't remember. One episode. Everybody listen to all our episodes and you'll find this content. But yeah. Start from the first one and work your way to now. <laughs> and, and then let us know, please, exactly what comment we did this. Where where you were saying it'd be cool to see him return as, as Norman Osborn, right? And and Chez, when I was playing the Insomnia game, I don't know. I, I felt like that was Willem Dafoe, you know? But like right now when you said that Gene Hackman Superman, I, it's like some kind of mix of both Willem yeah. Dafoe and... Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah. But damn. Okay, but if I had to pick a relevant choice, because Gene Hackman is not looking as spry as he used to. Um, <laughs> damn. If I had to pick a current one, fuck. Like, I don't know. It's like I think all those like epic old like elderly like statesman types are like fading away. Like it's hard to find somebody to put into that role now. You know what I mean? Like Damn, it's hard. I'll come back. Come back to me. Come back to me. I'm going to go with, and this might sound silly, but it's not. 
All right. So I want you guys to take me seriously. <laughs> okay. I'm going with Nicolas Cage <laughs> as Norman Osborn. <laughs> I feel like he would be dynamic. That'd be wavy. <laughs> and he'd bring something new to you know he I think he is kind of crazy in real life. And then he'll bring he'll just bring so much uh layers to the character. Hmm. And and I mean like uh, and also I wanted to talk about we don't have to move right away, but Craven the Hunter it has been rumored for the new uh, Spider-Man movie. And there are rumors circulating online that uh, we spoke about the Spider-Verse comic book storyline uh, in the uh, Into the Spy Into the Legion Verse episode about how there's like these interdimensional spider being consumers. Uh, Miguel, you might have a fresher memory of this storyline. I read it a while back, but that they're gonna uh, fuse Moreland and Craven and make Craven an interdimensional hunter. Kind of like the way oh. Morland was in oh. the, in I, like the that. I mean, I don't know if that's gonna happen. It's just gonna be, it could just be a crazy rumor, but I think it makes a lot of sense to do that since you're building up to a Spider-Verse movie, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for those fans out there that are curious, you can read all about Morland's uh, uh, introduction to the Spider-Man lore uh, from uh, the controversial uh, run by J. Michael Straczynski on Spider-Man. Uh, uh, not everybody loved every story, but this story uh, uh, was pretty dope. Uh, uh, I liked it, and it was drawn by John Romita Jr., and then which was in, uh, highly influential to, to the, I think it was Brian Michael Bendis who did the original uh, uh, Spider, uh, no, right? Was it Brian Michael Bendis or, or Dan Slott or both of them together? We, we got to double check that. I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah, exactly, which are just these like, they they suck the the energy out of spider totems and basically eat spider man across the multiverse. That's pretty much it. And if they were to mix it with Craven, that'd be cool. Yeah, and just one thing: if if this is true, this rumor is true, then you can have you know this Craven, you know, jump through the multiverse and collect his Sinister Six potentially, right? Because if you're gonna have three Spider Men potentially on the screen at the same time they got to fight a huge threat right and what bigger threat than the sinister six we already know we're getting jamie fox as electro again you know again this is a stretch but why not have craven slash morland you know cherry pick his villains from the spider-man lore and get willem defoe back as norman osborne oh and i think i got my pick as norman osborne um i was stuck between one that made me laugh just as it flicked through my head so i just go out and say it um this isn't my choice, but it was just a funny thought I had. Antonio Banderas is Norman Osborn. <laughs> but, <laughs> but never mind. Like I said, it was just a thought. Tom Cruise as Norman Osborn. Oh. I like yep. That. Yep. You see? Damn. There's a method to my madness. Yes. I, I'd, be, I'd see that. Yeah. Tom Cruise as Norman Osborn. I see it. I can see the voice, the arrogance. I see the bravado, the hubris, the scenes in the lab. I see that shit. I see him as the goblin. Fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> yep. Especially since, like, in my Spider Man theory, you know, when I ranted in the Spider Verse <laughs> episode, I think that, you know, being that he needs a new mentor because Tony Stark is gone. I see a relationship being formed between Norman Osborn and Peter Parker. And, you know, for the fans out there, Tom Cruise was going to be a Tony Stark at some point. Have him bring those, whatever elements he had contrived at the time, have him bring it to the Sony Spider-Verse and be that world's Robert Downey Jr. 
Ooh. Oh, but like an evil version of Robert Downey yes. Jr. Oh, I like that. I like, and I like that because that kind of, yeah, I feel it like kind of similar to my suggestion for Norman Osborn. I've been thinking about this right now as we were all talking, and, and I was, I, I, I was thinking, who, you know, you guys had some good choices. Honestly, I don't even think this might be the best choice, but I think this is, you guys had great choices. What I was thinking, hear me out. This. This is probably really, really fucking just, you know, fan dreaming, you know. But what about a heavy hitter like Christian Bale playing? Norman I was Osborn? thinking about that. I thought about that, you know, like that, that legit passed through my head. I'm Yo, imagine that. that. See, good, man. Exactly, man. Like imagine that American psycho. Yeah. Like building it, connecting it with like a Bruce Wayne, his Batman kind of like uh, epicness. Like, I think he could pull it off. I think but with more could. swag and more joy to it than that weird, slightly murderous rage he had underneath the entire time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and since you guys mentioned it, um, because as soon as Rod mentioned the name, these two castings popped in my head. One I've always had, one I kind of just thought about. For Craven the Hunter, first choice I've always had in my head, Tom Hardy. But he's already Venom, and I don't know if they're going to bring him in, but that would be a cool double dip. It's Tom Hardy as um, Craven the Hunter. That'd be wavy. Second, we mentioned him in our last episode, Joe Manganiello. That would be like, he is Craven. If there was any fucking casting, that'd be Craven the Hunter. Like, aesthetically speaking, this man is Craven already. Like, come on now. If anything, the aesthetic of Craven is essentially the same aesthetic as Deathstroke with just some salt and pepper hair. If anything, they look a lot alike, I guess, in their build, the way they're like they are. Joe Manganiello is fucking Craven the Hunter. Duh. Not bad choices, man. Not bad. I think for me, for Craven the Hunter, that I would think uh, actually just because I don't know if you guys saw this, there was rumors that actually were started by this person that apparently Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> was what cast the, as Craven the Hunter. Fuck. <laughs> and you know fuck what? Out of here. I'm with it. Fuck nah, it. Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. 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 It was obviously Joe because he's the one that started up, right? You saw about that. No, I think I've heard about that though. But <laughs> yeah. But for for my Craven, I'm gonna go with Carl Urban. Ooh. I'm gonna have him come back. Yeah, you know, yeah. Pretty much the same way he looks in That's the boys. Butcher, yeah. <laughs> Just Feels have that. It's more. Just have him come back as that. Shit, that's he's a pretty jacked. Good one. I don't know. If, I think in one of the episodes in season one, I think he was shirtless. That guy. I want the fucking Craven the Hunter from the old Spidey cartoons. That dude is fucking jacked. Keep him the same look as Billy Butcher, just like you said. Throw some fucking salt all up in that pepper with the hair. Put him on a cycle or two of steroids. Put him through some powerlifting. And boom, you got your fucking Craven the Hunter. I want him to be like savage. Like I want Word. him to look like a scaled down version of Venom. With like, like chest hair, muscle, and yeah, all that shit. He wears fur. Yo, he's mathematically yeah. incorrect. He's toxic. <laughs> Facts, <laughs> yo. He wears a lion's head as a vest. <laughs> like, there's so much wrong with that. There's so just not okay. Craven the Hunter is life. And aside from Jimmy Kimmel, my my actual fan cast that for for Craven the Hunter, I think I would go with one's an obvious one that I don't think I'm surprised none of you guys mentioned it, but I don't think we would ever see this. I'm thinking one Jason Momoa would be he could Ooh, do a Craven that's the Hunter. Who, that's I can see the other person who I think now that you guys were describing the look, he might not be able to rock the look completely, but I think he I'd, I'd be willing to give him a, sh- a, a a shot at it. I would like to see Pedro Pascal as Craven the Hunter 
the you know from the Mandalorian, Maxwell Lord from the upcoming Wonder Woman movie, and that's it. Yeah, I like that. That's the one we need. Right, Sony, take notes. Yeah. Again, <laughs> also, also, he'd have to beef up, but I can see that shit too. It's exactly. just because Craven is fucking massive, you know. Like, and I, like I've always loved that about the character. Like, like he is an animal. Like he's agile but quick. Like it, like it's like it's Bane without the venom. It's like it's it's like yeah. But damn, those are some valid choices though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's man. Like there's so we you know we had this was a Halloween themed episode. We talked a lot about villains and things like that. And I don't know how you guys are gonna spend your Halloweens. Cause you know, obviously we can't go out trick or treating like we really want to. We can't put on our costumes like we really want to. So what are we gonna do? I would recommend uh, checking out the DC comic book written by Tom Taylor. I really dig it. Uh, I think it's a great horror book. And I think that one, that that comic book actually does kind of set like the stage for fear. I, I haven't read many horror comic books, you know, cause I think it, I think. The, the comic book page isn't very conducive to horror. Maybe it's just me. But I found that this one was good. And I'm also going to uh, recommend it Severed by uh, Scott Snyder as another read. Oh, um, which one's that one? That is a, a horror book that he did, which is pretty cool. It has like Stephen King vibes to it. Oh. Uh, it's a mini. It, you know, it doesn't run forever. But I really enjoyed it. I don't. I remember, I think the first issue is free on Comixology. So... If you want like a little indie book, uh, horror book, check that one out. Yes. And do you want to, I, I, I haven't finished Deceased, but you want to give a quick, you know, uh, what's it about? So in Deceased, I think that uh, the, the anti-life equation, right, is like, I don't know, this weird thing that Darkseid is after, right? Because it's. I don't. I, I don't know. That that's so complex. That storyline. I know Grant Morrison has taken stabs at it before, but the anti-life equation is what's going to. I don't know. Bring balance to the universe. I guess similar to Thanos. I'm not sure. Oh, what like but, the final crisis? Right. No, but I yes. think the anti-life equation allows him like control over all life or something like that. And right. Then, yeah. 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 So yeah, so yeah. so he infects with this brain worm. Like this anti-life equation. He infects Earth, and whoever's looking at a screen, similar to like what is it, a bird box or whatever. Right. If you look at if you look at a yeah. screen, you become like this, and they do a really good job at making these guys like uh, Dawn of the Dead level zombies, where they shred each other's faces. Yeah. You know, like the pain of being like this zombified anti-life creature. So this so this uh, disease infects the DC universe. Everyone's dying. Uh, you know, it's outside outside of continuity, obviously, and you see the heroes dealing with this like all-consuming threat. So I dig it. Nope. All right. And I'm going to suggest, and I'm, I might even do it myself because it's just a quick four short terms and tomes. And just to prove Miguel wrong, I'm about to read a whole bunch of credits right now, really quick. <laughs> I recommend you guys read the Crimson comic book from artist Umberto Ramos, which we've tagged in a character um, post that I did, I believe, a few weeks ago on our IG page. Once again, by artist Humberto Ramos and by writer Brian Augustine, based on based on story concepts from A.G. F.G. Hagenbeck and Oscar Pinto. The series ran from May 1998 to February 2001. It was about 24 issues. Um, it came from Cliffhanger and Wildstorm at DC Comics. If you guys can find that in the Comicsology app, 
that would be an awesome Halloween read. Um, it has to deal with like the end of the world and angels and demons and vampires. It's a really cool, I guess, um, I guess Halloween adventure to go through in your mind. It's a really awesome read. And I keep mentioning it because it's so good. If people don't believe me, just wait until you give that shit a shot. Wow. And of course, I'm also going to do my usual annual tradition and I'm going to watch the Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of the best movies ever made. Shout out to Tim Burton. Yes. It is a masterpiece and it is fucking timeless. Yo, I love that movie. All the songs in that movie were fantastic. That's good. And that's a good recommendation. Yeah, Crimson was good. I, I, I didn't read the whole thing. I think I read some of it when it was coming out back in the day. And come on, how can you not love Humberto Ramos? Like he's an yeah. amazing artist. Like that's dope. All right. And also, I read credits. Yeah, you read mad credits there. Good job, man. Good job. Yeah. And my my recommendations for Halloween reads and Halloween activities. I do. I think I have two suggestions. One one is like if you want, because like I think Halloween is known for I think two things, right? You get the samey, you crazy, spooky, but ridiculous shit, right? And then you also get the like the true like horror fucking shit, right? So. For more on the sane, just fun kind of adventure stuff, I recommend uh, reading Marvel Zombies. And especially the first two series of the Marvel Zombies, because if you guys might not know, you know, you guys probably know, but I mean, like the fans out there might not know that Marvel Zombies was written by one of the best zombie writers out there. This is by Robert Kirkman. All right. Mm. Like one of his basically very few things he ever did with Marvel. So it was Robert Kirkman, artist Sean Phillips in the two series. And then there's plenty, plenty of spinoffs of Marvel Zombies afterwards. But I think the first two were fun. And it's just really straight up just simple. There's a zombie, you know, virus basically making people into zombies. Uh, and it's just fun to see your favorite superheroes becoming zombies. And what's super cool, too, is that they don't become, like, mindless zombies. They're still themselves, but they're consumed by the hunger. And so it's just, it's just, it's wacky, no? But it's it's cool. It's, gr- it's great art. It's pretty gruesome. And then, but for what I really, really recommend, and I think I've been telling you guys to read this for a while. You guys haven't yet. I really recommend for, like, what would be a pretty much true horror read I recommend Immortal Hulk. The mm. current Hulk run by Al Ewing and artist Joe Bennett. I've never read anything like this before, especially from a mainstream book. All right. Because he's really taken the Hulk to a dark, dark place. Because now you have the devil Hulk. This is the new Hulk persona. And Damn. the idea is that Hulk is truly immortal. And anytime the Hulk or Bruce Banner dies, and he does in this series, often gruesomely, he comes back and it's like super fucked up. And it's like, it's just a super dark, dark. And Joe Bennett's start is incredibly gruesome. Like it's just so disturbing in a, in, in an almost beautiful way, but it is like intense. And I do recommend at least read the first volume that there'll be a good Halloween, uh, 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 uh activity, uh, and check, check that out. And I want to make another recommendation uh, real quick. Swamp Thing, I think, is running on the CW right now. I think that one, you know, they they went for like a John Carpenter, like Chess mentioned a few episodes back with that first episode. It was really good, really gory, gruesome shit. I was not ready. I think that would be a a cool, if you haven't seen it already, it was one, it was a gem from the now soon to be defunct uh, DC Universe uh, streaming service. Agreed. Check that out. And also, just before we go, I want to do one quick honorable mention to, I guess, the one character who, in my opinion, is like the Jack Skellington of comic books in a way. And 
I, like, and I noticed that we hadn't mentioned them in a way, but, but like being scary is part of this whole theme. And I'm not talking about Batman. Shout out to Spawn, created oh, by Todd McFarlane. Yo, bravo. Nice. Yeah, like how dare we? <laughs> so, Yo, and and I've actually never really, really read Spawn. Like I think I did years ago a little bit, but never really. And it it's been one of those books that I would love to. But it's like it's like you mentioned kind of like with X-Men. Like it's a massive history, right? Like yeah, I don't know yeah. where to begin. Well, I mean, first off, shout out to Michael J. White, who played the live action spawn in the movie. And yes. and also a shout out to um What's his name? I forgot the extremely funny actor, stand-up comedian um, that he played clown. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'm a big fan of his. Um, he, he did Leguizamo. This. Yeah, John Leguizamo. Thank you very much. Shout out to John Leguizamo. Who oh, played, um, the damn, I said clown. Yeah, the clown. Yeah, and, and Michael J. White in the live action movie. And But the, the most in-depth experience I've had with Spawn, I guess, would be in the old school HBO series, which was not yep. Yeah. So shout out and deep cut to Spawn on this Halloween episode. Voiced by uh, voice actor Keith David, who also voiced uh, Goliath in the Gargoyles cartoon way back when. Ooh, shout he has out that to deep, He has that deep voice that, I don't know, very good voice that he has. <laughs> yeah, Gargoyles. He, he's also like another Clancy Brown. He's pretty prolific, too, when it comes to the voice acting game. He's done a lot of work. Um, yeah, that first season of the Spawn uh, animated series on HBO, man, that was so good. And you know, I always laugh because in the beginning, you get a little intro by Todd McFarlane, and he's so young and pristine. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just cool. That's like, oh man, like a time warp to see that. <laughs> shout out to Todd McFarlane. Yeah, we're shout out to yeah. Todd McFarlane because now he's not, he's not like all old and weathered and rich as fuck. But hell yeah, well deserved, man. Come on, well, good man. for him. Well deserved. <laughs> yeah. Well deserved. If there's any creator out there who deserves all that bunny stuff, who deserves about. to be old and weathered, it's yeah. It's <laughs> and and happy but yeah like yo shout out to fucking spawn like i said i feel he's like the jack skellington of comic books he's the king of halloween when it comes to all things comic related and yeah on that note with... and I, oh yeah, I got one more shout out oh <laughs> go for it go for it go shout for out it. to solomon grundy born Ooh. on a monday christened on a tuesday and he i think he's in yeah, like long halloween i think he, he's in yeah. that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that storyline and I, I was recently watching uh, Justice League Action, which is like this, this animated series. I don't know if it's still running on Cartoon, on Cartoon Network, but it's kind of like a Justice League cartoon, except that the the episodes are 10 minutes long. And it's just really quick little like uh, DC Universe storylines. And they have a really cool uh, like Halloween themed episode called Zombie King right now, um, which has Solomon Grundy versus Swamp Thing. Just want to throw it out there. Damn, that's dope. Damn, those are some good recommendation, guys. I think I think we got plenty of activities for Halloween. Yeah, word. And also, just one more. Um, we had just started reading it, but just a quick mention to the Long Halloween. It's a great Batman story arc, and Rod had just mentioned Solomon Grundy, which he's actually on the cover of the second chapter that Miguel and I, I think, just got up to. He's like the first mm -hmm. image there. So just based off a title, um, only a few issues in. It's like 15 issues long. It's on Comixology. You can borrow it if you have Unlimited. Amazing storyline so far. Don't want to give any spoilers, even though it's old as fuck. But hopefully we'll discuss it sometime down the line. Yes. All right, guys. And on that note, we have such fear in our hearts and such terror crawling in our skin. 
I'm going to go just try and snuggle under a blanket, do some reading and do some watching. I'll check you guys out later. Peace. All right, everybody. Peace. <laughs> I know. Peace we're the out. Legion on Zoom, everybody. Bye. Cheers. Legion on Zoom, starring and produced by Jose Perez, a.k.a. Chez, Rodney Martinez, and myself, Miguel Arce. Click subscribe on wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or shoot us an email at legiononzoom at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Legion on Zoom.